Hello everyone and welcome back to the Social Work Bubble. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Laura and I have my BSW and MSW and currently practice as a therapist in New York City in an outpatient mental health clinic. Before we get started, don't forget to like, comment, share, and help us. And that's not the point of social work, right? Social work can be very empowering not only to the people that we support and serve, but to ourselves in creating change at all levels systematically. Um, so today I just wanted to kind of review some fun moments that I've had as a social worker and, you know, if you're comfortable sharing any moments that, you know, really made you reflect on, wow, I chose the right, right field to be in, please, please share, you know, wherever you're listening to. Um, so I guess I'll start at the very beginning of my career as a social worker. This is also very off the cuff. (laughs) I didn't really plan out how, I didn't, usually I write a script for a podcast and I did not do this today, so we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm also recording this because I had a therapy session that was canceled, so, um, it's very spur of the moment, so we'll see how this goes. I apologize if it's kind of chaotic or unorganized, um, So I will start with when I was an undergrad. I started off at community college. I stayed pretty locally, so I commuted from home into the local community college, and that's where I got my associates in human services. Um, A little background about me, actually, is I started off as a nursing student. I started off as a nursing major at community college, and during my second semester, I was quite honestly burnt out because I hated what I was doing. I had, like, clinical rounds. I had just this very like medical clinical work like shots and just like things I had absolutely no interest in whatsoever and even during like my my clinical I would often sit with patients and I found myself so avoiding the medical aspect of the work like doing body assessments doing vitals um giving shots all that kind of stuff I avoided it so hard and instead I would often just sit with the clients that I was working with, um, and I would just talk to them. I'd get to know them. There was one time we did a puzzle together. It was wonderful. And during my second semester, I realized that it wasn't for me, and I'm just like, I can't do this. Like, it's not enjoyable. It's not what I want. I don't look forward to it. It just, it makes me cry all the time. I truly, I don't like it at all. And that's when I changed to social work, technically human services at the community college level. Um, As soon as I switched in my first human services class, it was like a flip had switched. It was basically everything that I had wanted and was looking for in an education was in social work. You know, the purpose of what I wanted to accomplish in my life, the change I wanted to make, all went back to social work. And I mean, I became the top of my class. I graduated summa cum laude. I got into six different honor societies and it was, it was just like everything had changed in my life. It was truly just a moment when I realized this is it, like this is my life's calling. Um, so during my associate's level, um, at my community college, the director of the human services program actually set us all up with internships. I don't know if that's normal at the community college level because it's a two-year program, but we were able to do that and I it was very much a shadowing experience. So I shadowed workers in foster care. I'd always been interested in child welfare, all the volunteer work, all the work I'd done previously was with children, and I kind of knew that's where I wanted to go in terms of social work. 
now I do work with a lot of kids, but it's interesting how my perspective has changed because I used to like swear off working with adults. And here I am working majority with young adults and honestly, even some older adults. And I love that work too. So kind of a <laughs> random tidbit, but keep your mind open, right? Don't just go in thinking, well, this is it. This is all I'm going to do because that's the beauty of social work is it's incredibly flexible and you can change, you know, what you want to do and, but still be in social work. So um, during my foster care internship, I learned a lot about the foster care system. I learned a lot about adoption. And I think one of my favorite moments that I can remember from that was getting to know the foster parents. I th- and, and of course, you know, the children. But I think getting to know the foster parents and also the parents that were working towards reunification or even those who weren't just getting to know everyone that was involved was so important for me because I think so often especially in foster care so so many people view it as like so black and white like oh these parents did this they must have their kids taken away and never get them back and this and that and that's not the case. You know, I do think there are some situations family reunification is absolutely <laughs> like not okay and different areas should be pursued, of course, you know, otherwise adoption wouldn't be a thing. But to me, one of my experiences in working with parents who are, you know, actively getting substance use treatment, mental health treatment, and honestly, even those who weren't, even those who declined services, who still weren't in that place to feel motivated, forming a relationship with them was a moment for me that really made social work a lot grayer. Because I, you know, I came from a very conservative, small town, and community college was only the town over, right? So it wasn't like a huge difference in terms of ideology and beliefs, but it was that experience that first made me realize, wow, this world is a lot more complicated than what I was informed of. And I know that statement, saying that, saying that out loud, of course, comes from a place of incredible privilege. You know, I come from a small, predominantly white, middle-class town. And so, you know, saying that and just having that realization as a college student, a first-year college student is, I think, the definition of white privilege. And so it's important that I acknowledge that. But that, for me, was a moment when I realized how complicated the system was and how gray social issues were, that really nothing was black and white, that adoption, foster care, family reunification, it was also complex. And that was when I first started to develop an understanding and interest in survivors and, and also people who committed crimes or used substances and how so much of that actually overlaps with each other. And majority of the parents that had kids taken away or placed in foster care were survivors themselves oh, and, and, and just had so many other experiences of trauma. Of course, not excusing anything that happened, but for the first time I was really provided humanized context of situations and just seeing that progress, progression for me in terms of my understanding of social issues was that was when like some lights really started turning on for me. Um, when 
I graduated from community college. I transferred into a SUNY college, SUNY Fredonia, to a four-year social work program. So I transferred into my junior year. Um, I really thrived there. I truly think of, you know, that undergraduate program as my home. You know, when I think about my college experience, I think about Fredonia. And it was just a phenomenal program. I mean, it was it's a small SUNY school. And it was still, like, relatively in the same area that I grew up in. While I was there, I interned at a child advocacy center because, you know, I was interested in child welfare. While I was in community college for one of my projects, I actually did a whole entire um, organization assessment and paper on a child welfare organization that happened to be this child advocacy center. And so when I was at the bachelor's level and we were starting to you know, interview and really hone in on what kind of internship we wanted to have, that was the first thing that came to mind. I specifically requested to be placed at this agency because I'd actually done a paper on it um, to really get familiar, which helped me tremendously in the interview when they asked me, how much do you know about about us? And I was really able to give them a pretty thorough rundown because I had written a whole paper. Working at and being an intern at the Child Advocacy Center truly changed any kind of career trajectory that I thought I would have. Um, One of, you know, when we're talking about favorite social work moments, one of my favorite moments there was just being able to meet children where they were at emotionally. I actually, some clients, which I had to keep this confidential, some clients I had actually met when I was doing my foster care placement at a different agency. And so I had already had a relationship with a few of them. Um, There was one child that had Down syndrome, and I have a background as working as a direct support professional with adults with developmental disabilities. And so I do have an ability to communicate and understand people with disabilities, I think a little bit more than the people at the specific agency. And I just remember like this young boy, I don't even know how old he was, maybe three or four with Down syndrome. We were in the waiting area and he was the one that had to come in for a forensic interview regarding alleged abuse that had occurred. And they had a really hard time communicating with him. And I came in and, you know, it was just like he was drawn to me and he immediately started smiling and he pointed to me and we just had a good time. And it was hard to, he, I knew that he was trying to speak and it was hard to understand what he was saying, but it was enough where we could communicate with each other. And that was definitely one of my favorite moments. Um, I think another favorite moment is at child advocacy centers, you work on a multidisciplinary team. You have family or survivor advocates, you have forensic interviewers. At this agency, there were also trauma therapists. You worked with child protection. You work with the district attorney and with law enforcement. So everyone kind of met together to review the cases and see how to progress progress forward. And that was one of my favorites, working alongside. Um, occasionally, there'd be federal agents that would come in for cases involving child sexual abuse and trafficking, um, which was incredibly interesting because that is something I'm interested in doing in the future is potentially pursuing a career at like a federal level so I don't want to get into details about that because I don't want to (laughs) like jinx it and I'm still even thinking about what that would look like but 
being able to work at that level was very interesting because I really got an understanding of how law enforcement views child sexual abuse survivors, people who perpetrate abuse, um, and a lot of, I mean, the center did a lot of education for law enforcement and really for the community as a whole in terms of child sexual abuse, what trauma looks like, you know, humanizing perpetrators in a way that made it, make those conversations around preventing abuse easier. And to me, that was a really enlightening moment was seeing the work and, and how each party came in to interact with each other around one single case of child abuse because so many people came in with different perspectives and that's when I realized and it really definitely reaffirmed why social work was the right path for me because we provided humanizing perspectives and so often we had to remind law enforcement how to act (laughs) in a trauma-informed way or you know, how to act in a way that was even humanizing to people that perpetrated abuse because they were often survivors themselves. And so that was a very enlightening experience. I worked with, I did a trauma support group for some of the teen girls there. That, I loved that. I loved it so much. We did so many different activities together. Um, I mean, I was a shy person. I think since then, I've gotten so much more confidence, but being able to just form relationships with them and really get to know each other and just, you know, sit down and do some crafts about self-care, coping skills, relationships. It was really, it was really, really fun. Um, and I think, you know, we've had moments with just individual, um, kids there. One in particular, I know I had a very good relationship with, you know, we just sat in the waiting room and it was a teen girl, And we just got to know each other and they actually brought me in to another meeting with her because I was one of them that had a really good relationship with her. So they wanted her to feel comfortable, so they brought me in. And that always made me feel good, like, yes, you know, like, they had to bring me in because I have this great rapport with this client and none of them do. And it it was kind of a moment as an intern, you feel really awesome, like, yeah, I can do this. Um, So that was great um at the master's level and now working as a therapist because i kept the same position working with kids is always fabulous um one of my favorite moments i have a few favorite moments um one of them happened on a zoom call (laughs) um there was a little boy that really had to go to the bathroom and and I'm just like, no, you can, you can go, yeah, go to the bathroom, please, please, and, and so he could excuse himself, but he had to go so bad, like, <laughs> he started, like, pulling his pants down on his way to the bathroom while he was still in the vision of the camera, and I was like, oh my gosh, so I told my supervisor about what happened, you know, just in case, like, you always want to protect yourself in moments like that, too, but it was so funny, because, he, like, was so worried, like, I wouldn't let him go to the bathroom, and I'm just like, no, go ahead, go ahead, like, it's clearly, he really had to go, and it was, that was a really funny moment, um, I had another moment with another young child where, you know, we're still developing our relationship, and we were playing play therapy in my office, which, you know, I have an, a, a good size office, I think, I mean, it's the first office I've had, so I don't really have anything to compare it to, but 
I enjoy the size of my office. And I mean, it's, but it's just like one room, right? I have my desk against one wall. There's like a chair in the corner. And he wanted to play hide and seek. So we played hide and seek. But they were like, the only place to hide is under the desk. And <laughs> so, I mean, it came to a point where we knew we weren't really playing hide and seek. We were both just pretending that someone was hiding. And I would pretend to be looking all over the place to find them. <laughs> it kind of became a game all in itself. Um... Another favorite social work moment now at the therapist level. Some of these actually happened quite recently, which I think is interesting because recently it's also been the most stressful and it's been a good reminder for me as to why I do the work. You know, on moments when I do have tremendously long days or I think the day is done and I think it's over, but wait, um, here's a crisis that's happening and okay, I'm pulled back into work. Or you know what? Oh, okay, here's some alleged child abuse I got to report now, and now I have to talk to the ACS worker and the detective and this and that. Um, one of my clients told me the other day, a while ago now, she said, and she was crying to me, and she said, you know, Laura, I have been lost for the longest time. I didn't want to live. I have just been so lost and I'm still a little lost, but you've become my compass and now I have some sense of direction and some sense of, of where I can go. And that to me was just like, first of all, the most poetic thing I've ever heard, but it just really, it was so meaningful because I mean, obviously like I don't want clients to like tell me, oh my gosh, you're so amazing, but you know, this was a high-risk client and I just wanted to make sure, sometimes it just validates that we are making progress and that, you know, what we're doing in therapy is working and they feel good about it because sometimes it's hard to tell, you know, sometimes as the social worker, the therapist, you might feel kind of stuck and so it's always nice to get that validation from clients like, okay, we're on the right track, okay. I had another client tell me, we were just doing like, we were playing a game um, we're just doing some, like, some random, like, questions to each other, like, hypothetical questions, and I asked her, you know, if you could write a book, what would the name of the book be, and I think, I think the original question was supposed to be, like, okay, if you could, if your, if your life was a book, you know, what would the title of it be, um, but we kind of changed it a little bit, and, and she said to me, she was just like, I would call my book, I Admire Her, and it would be about how you, talking about me, Laura, how you are the best therapist I've ever had, and it was just like, <laughs> it's like moments like that where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I cannot, like, it's too, it's too much, it's too cute, <laughs> it's like the sweetest thing, it's like, who comes up with this stuff, and it was just, it was, it was the sweetest thing I ever heard. And I've, I've learned from past experiences what I've tried to do the first time a client like really complimented me. Not to say that I downplayed it. You know, I thanked her for it. But I tried to reflect on, you know, it's not just me. You know, I, I only talk to you 45 minutes a week. You're doing the work. You know, I want you to be proud of yourself because you, you've done the hard, hard work of getting to where you are. 
And I've discovered that doesn't work because <laughs> um, that can still come across as, you know, downplaying and, and kind of minimizing the compliment. And so now I've learned to just really take it, you know, to take it in stride and, and, you know, I think later, maybe in another session to reflect on their progress and their strengths. But, you know, when a client does open up and say something like that to you, it comes from a place of like deep meaning and, and they want to be kind. They want to really articulate what an impact you've had. Um, the last client I'm going to talk about, because I do have to wrap up now, is one, when we first started working together, I was an intern and they would never come to any therapy sessions. It was incredibly difficult. They would just not show up. Um, they'd come like one session, they'd miss another. And, you know, as an intern, I was frustrated because I didn't have a lot going on as an intern. I wasn't getting paid. I wanted to be productive. I talked to my supervisor about it and we decided to do kind of a contract agreement. And she came in for a therapy session and I kind of just laid out in this contract, you know, you've attended like four therapy sessions and you've missed 18, (laughs) which writing it down in numbers for me was also shocking, but it was shocking for her. And she sat down across from me and she was like, Laura, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought coming in here today, you were going to close my case and discharge me and come in here and see that you still want to work with me and that, you know, you want to make sure that I'm coming to sessions. No one has ever done that for me before. And, you know, that just, that really means a lot to me. I'm definitely going to do better. So far, at this point, we've gotten to a place, I mean, she attends every single session, every single week, and hasn't missed one in months at this point. Um, I, I would, yeah, months, like months and months. And the only time she has, I think, is like for a, a serious, like, medical reason or something or childcare reason but it's not like the different excuses she used to give before and really recently only a couple weeks ago that was that was months ago when we had that discussion and she said that and then recently a couple weeks ago she sat down with me and she said and she started crying while we were doing teletherapy and she said Laura I don't think you understand how much you mean to me. You know, I want I want my family to meet you. I want you to be at my wedding. I want my future husband to meet you, which she knows that's not possible. <laughs> she was just trying to express, you know, how she felt. And she was just like, I don't think you understand. You were the first person that never gave up on me. You were the first therapist I ever had that didn't close my case. You were the first one that was willing to work with me when I kept on not showing up. And you were there for me at the worst moment in my life when no one else was. And she just like, she went on and on. And it was, <laughs> it was really cute. It was really beautiful. Um, and it, I, I, I really thanked her and you know, we kind of talked about it and processed it some more. And I think that's one of, obviously, research continues to show one of the tenets of effective therapy is the therapeutic relationship. And I've seen that in my own therapy with my own clients. They'll listen to me. They'll be accountable. They'll continue to make progress and thrive because of our relationship, you know, because they want to come back to our therapy sessions and and impress me, you know, with 
to whatever they accomplish. You know, they want to feel like it's being productive too. And that's what I've learned. So these are only a couple moments um, from my short time in the social work field. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. Happy Social Work Month to all the fabulous, fabulous social workers, essential workers. If you have any comments or want to share your experience, please comment or share on whatever platform you're listening on. You can follow me at social work bub on instagram twitter facebook and pinterest you can also check out the social work bubble etsy shop where i provide worksheets and activities for social workers therapists and others in this field and my website and blog thesocialworkbubble.com i hope you're all staying safe and i look forward to continuing growing together in the wonderful field of social work thank you